Welcome to Rock Talk, the podcast where a couple of jabronis get to know the roles of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm Jordan Rummel, and joining me as always is my good friend and co-host Charlie Guile. Charlie, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Guess who's in town? It's you. You're in town. Yeah, if you guys couldn't tell, we are. Uh, we have the privilege of being able to record together for the actual first time in Rock Talk history. Uh, history happened. Happening right in front of your earlobes. Yeah, so make sure you uh, remember to tell your grandchildren where you were. It's even more exciting because we have a really fabulous movie to take a look at today. It's The Gridiron Gang. Uh, So buckle your freaking seatbelts. But first, as always, is our rock news of the week. Mazel! That's fantastic news! First piece of news. Dwayne Johnson regains the number one ranking on social media after losing it briefly to uh, Cara Delevingne. I guess she's like a model slash actress. We saw her in Suicide Squad last, I believe. And was she in was she in the Valerian movie that just came out? This I think like, so. I haven't seen it. Mm-mm. Uh, after seeing her like zombie dancing in Suicide Squad, that was enough. That was that was enough. Enough. For me. Uh, but that's probably why she jumped to number one. Interesting. Central Intelligence co-star Kevin Hart jumps from seventh to third. So way to go, Kev. Number two, we have Dwayne Johnson's Apple ad. It was the most watched YouTube video ad of the month. With 13 million views. So, if you haven't watched that yet, uh, there are 13 million people out there that can tell you what it's like. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty weird clip. So, I kind of suggest watching it, if for no other reason than to to experience the, the strangeness of this pseudo-ad short film concept that they put together. Yeah, it's self-aware. They realize that they're jumping the shark at every turn. It's about seven minutes long. It's kind of cool. Furthermore, another update. You're welcome from Moana, Dwayne Johnson's song. Um, it hit platinum status. It's Dwayne Johnson's first platinum single. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, I guess. Doesn't release a lot of music, I assume. But he does sing in like many movies. Yeah, well, yeah, but they're not releasing them commercially, I guess. <laughs> so I guess platinum status is one million units sold. But the thing is, and I didn't know this uh, until researching, equivalent to one unit is 150 streams on Spotify. Is so you can either listen to a song 150 times on Spotify, or you can buy it once. I have to say I, that knowing that I must be responsible for a healthy number of units on that on that track in particular, because <laughs> I have not stopped listening to that song since we did the episode. We, you know, oh my! Over a month ago, by far, I thought that song was one of the highlights of Moana. If you haven't heard that episode, uh, definitely definitely take a listen. Um, Hopefully, he uh, starts building on that egot. Maybe he gets that Grammy. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Emmy for Ballers, Grammy for Moana, Oscar for something. Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Coming out in a year or two. 2019 or something. <laughs> you heard it here first, kids. Um, and then a Tony for, well, obviously, they're going to take Moana to Broadway. Yeah, actually, it's, it's Broadway It's Broadway ready. I mean, that Actually, is... that's not a bad idea. That would make a lot of money. If anyone out there is listening with connections, make it happen. Uh, all right. So also, Ballers got picked up for season four. So season three is not even done yet. It's gotten rave reviews. You know, this is a show that when it first came out was under the radar, but in the f- last couple of years, it sort of built itself up, and uh, it's actually garnering garnering really great reviews. So it got picked up really early for a season four. It's also just one more example of why this podcast will never die, because Dwayne Johnson is continuously being booked in new seasons movies shows like he's basically booked up for movies 
until 2020. Yeah. For the rest of this administration, basically. So and- we will be getting you through basically the next four years. Just our voices will guide you through these uh, tough and tumultuous times. And the last piece of news we have is in touch. Basically, it's not really a piece of news, but it's a headline that I saw that I really enjoy. So (laughs) in touch magazine had a headline the other day that said Dwayne Johnson's silver beard proves that he's total DILF material. Yeah, well, they're not wrong. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, I actually think it looks I mean, it kind of ages him a little bit more because when he's just hairless like normal, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to age him. But, you know, he let the beard grow out a little bit and it's, you know, real salt and peppery in there. It's good. It's it it really adds a suave element to what he's got going on. It's sexy, folks. It's Dwayne is now a daddy as far as I'm concerned. It's Dwayne Daddy Johnson with this beard. Uh, Dwayne Dilphy Daddy Johnson. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> but honestly, with that, I think there could never be a more appropriate time for daddy to get going to work. Daddy's got to go to work. So like we said, we are watching the movie Gridiron Gang. 2006 uh, drama, sports... uh, Phenomenon. Yeah, of the early aughts. Uh, With a budget of $30 it actually made uh, eight additional million at the box office. So this movie was a a modest uh, financial success. Rotten Tomatoes ranks it at a 42%. Uh, we'll get our thoughts on, on whether or not we agree with that ranking a little bit later. But it did, notably, open at number one in its opening week at the box office. So this was a movie that a lot of people went to go see, at least initially. This is probably Dwayne Johnson's first, if it's not his first, it's one of his first number one movies. Because before it has that, to be. Yeah, Scorpion be. King, which definitely did not. Uh, what else do we have? You have Rundown, Walking Tall, Be Cool, Doom. Southland Tales, which I can't imagine any of those were were top three films. Yeah. See, um, does this have a six point nine on IMDb rating? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, when we look at IMDb ratings, um, pretty much the rundown, anything above a six point five is like uh, pretty good for him. Yeah, Gridiron Gang, other than the Fast series, is one of his highest reviewed films. Well, and then I think Moana is his highest reviewed on IMDb. But I would I would argue that uh, this is a much more of a rock vehicle than Moana is. Moana, I'd oh, say certainly. A, this this is the rock's the rock. pretty much in every scene. It's in his element. Uh, if you know anything about his backstory, you know he played football in college. This is this is locker room Dwayne Johnson. This is on the field, down and dirty. Like it's just it really gets to the core of what this guy likes to do and can do. When did the Friday Night Lights movie come out? Because it reminded me kind of a lot, or his character reminded me a lot of like Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights. I think Friday Night Lights may have been a couple years after. You're absolutely right. This 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 has complete shades of Friday Night Lights. It opening came out in '04, and the series in 2006. Okay, so it was after. So it was in between the movie and the series. Yeah, actually makes a ton of sense. Um, but there's a lot to break through, a uh, lot to get, a uh, lot to cover in this. So let's just get it started with Act One. Sean Porter, played by Dwayne Johnson, works at the Kilpatrick Detention Center in Los Angeles. He's frustrated by the statistic that 75% of kids in these programs either end up back in jail or killed. And with that frustration, he decides to create a football team to instill discipline, camaraderie, and purpose among the youths at the center. The Kilpatrick Mustangs are made up of select members, uh, including Willie Weathers and Kelvin Owens, 
two young people from two rival gangs. The team begins conducting drills and practices, and they make some progress. However, in their very first game, they are demolished by the Barrington Panthers by the score of 38-0. Now, it's a pretty short Act 1. There are a few other things that we didn't I didn't explicitly mention. Uh, we get a lot of backstory on Willie, for example. Uh, we get a few, you know, maybe 20 good minutes of just his life on the streets. Long story short, it's not great. Uh, his best friend is killed in a drive-by. He ends up shooting his abusive stepfather is what it looked like. Yeah, that's why he's at the detention facility. Yeah, his uh, stepfather is abusing his mom. And in a scuffle, he shoots and kills his stepdad. So that's why he is here. Um, I would say that outside of Dwayne Johnson, he's probably the second build. Yes. Willie. Has to be. Uh, and But it's interesting when we note that because... Although this movie does have many characters and many people that were introduced to, it really is Dwayne Johnson's movie from start to finish, along with Willie. Uh, but what's different about this movie than a Remember the Titans film, we don't really learn too much about the students on the, the, the young people on the team. There's no, uh, there's no deep exposition into each of, each of their stories, why they're there. We learn bits and pieces. One kid has a problem with his mom. You know, one kid, I think there was something where he was a crack dealer at one point. But and we, Junior had like a, a two-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's never a, a a moment in this first act, or any of the acts for that matter, where we learn you know, in, a, in any deep sense about these people and why we should care. They're sort of in the orbit of this movie. You learn a few pieces of information about them, enough to care about them, or you're supposed to care about them, and then you move on. You know, without getting ahead of myself, actually, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. It's it's an interesting point in Dwayne Johnson's career. This, to me, feels like the first time he took a real hard swipe at a dramatic role. Um, 2006, so we're still pretty early in his career. I think a lot of his big moments land. He was not helped out by the script. It's pretty cliche. It's just troubled youth. You know, football is just like life. Absolutely. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I did too. And and as I mentioned, I really do believe that this is Dwayne Johnson in his element. Uh, he gets to give a lot of motivational pep talks and he does a lot of yelling and a lot of get out there and make the tackle type stuff in this film, which it's simplistic, but it's really something that he excels at. And it's a lot of fun uh, to witness. One other thing, you know, we mentioned that we don't really get to learn about these kids uh, because the movie doesn't truly go into their stories. Exhibit is in this movie. Speaking of somebody where we have no back story for him at all, Exhibit is in this movie, and he doesn't do a whole lot more than wear glasses yes. and quote <laughs> Bible verses and smile at something that Dwayne Johnson just said. A lot of giggling, like tons of chuckles and, you know, can't control himself laughter or anything Dwayne Johnson says. But he is in nearly He's every a giggle scene. monster. Uh, yes, as some might say, a giggle monster. <laughs> Um, but in, he's in nearly every scene with Dwayne Johnson on the football field, but doesn't utter a single line of instruction or coaching other than there was, he does teach a kid how to kick a field goal. He does one. He's the, apparently the special teams coach other than outside. There are two coaches on this football team. Now, uh, Jordan, have you ever been on a football team? Uh, no. Okay. So I played, (laughs) I played eighth grade football. Mm. I mean, I'm not bragging or anything, but, you know, I played eighth grade football, you know, which is almost high school. (laughs) Um, And we had like six coaches. We had like a head coach, an offensive coach, a defensive coach, 
we did have a special teams coach. Um, and then we had like equipment managers, which you do get in this movie, but it's like, uh, there's no way that Dwayne Johnson is able to start up this football team, get them on the field, ready to even play a game in three weeks. And, and Charlie, all the equipment. when you were on the football team, uh, would you say that you and the other uh, members of the team, you knew what football was? Did you know, Regardless of your level of skill, you were all aware of football. For example, what a wide receiver does. Everyone knew, you know, in general terms at least. Oh, certainly. I was a wide receiver. Well, I, and I, you know what? Like I said, I'm not here to brag. What's in the past is in the past. But I knew how to catch a ball. Charlie Guile, uh, in eighth grade, I knew how to catch a ball in eighth grade, and then it immediately stopped when I hit puberty. Big time athlete. But what's interesting about Gridiron Gang, which we find out almost immediately, is that these kids seem to exist in a world in which they have no concept of what football is. It's as if Dwayne Johnson invented the game of football in front of them. Yes. Rather than forming a team, he invented the game and then formed the team. It's that's exactly it. I mean. There's one moment where he's talking to one of the kids and he says something to the effect of, you know, I think that you would make a really great wide receiver and we're going to try you out there. Based on what? First of all, that, yes. There's not a single moment that would indicate and that this this youth has any... Is this number 88? Yeah. So the, this is the one white kid. The single so white like... kid on this team. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, you know, you, I really think you'd be a great wide receiver. And this kid looks at Dwayne Johnson and goes... So you mean I get to catch a ball with my hands? Like what? You're yes. I'm. I imagine, uh, troubled youth that you are, you've still seen a football game or you have played catch at one point, some somewhere. It, it just comes up. Football is a thing that that happens. Right, but uh, at the same time, they act like they don't know anything about football, but. They have like this reverence for this, um, for this program that Dwayne Johnson has created, as if there is some long-standing tradition, even though it's only been in existence for three weeks. He's like, uh, he's like, you don't have what it takes to be a Mustang. And then like later, they're like, I want to be a Mustang. And it's like, it's not like it's not like Rudy or something where there's this long-standing tradition of Notre Dame football. No, this thing was just thought up. And and you're absolutely right. Uh, and. That leads to though some of the the most unbelievable monologues in this movie, which are mainly Dwayne Johnson yelling at these players to to give them motivation to be Mustangs. And at the very first Mustang practice, he delivers a particularly unbelievable monologue that I wanna I wanna give a listen to right now. Everybody take a knee. Gentlemen, we ain't got all day. Bring it in. All right, everybody listen up. Whatever neighborhood you came from, whatever gang you claimed. Whatever hood you're from, this is your hood now. You're no longer a blood, no longer a crip, no longer an essay. You're Mustang. This football program will be three-pronged. Number one, the dorm. You're gonna have to learn to get along with people from other neighborhoods, different backgrounds. Number two, school. You're gonna have to apply yourself, become a better student. And number three, the gridiron. Hey, coach, what's the gridiron? You're standing on the gridiron. The gridiron is a football field. On the gridiron, we play football. On the gridiron, 
We do it my way. Not your way, my way. Your way got you here. And you're here because you're lost. Right now, you're losers. Mustangs are winners. And if you accept this challenge, when it's all over, come December, you're gonna be winners. So there you have it. Uh, Mustangs are winners, folks. All of you troubled youths are losers. Losers. Mustangs are winners. You're all losers. <laughs> and if you want to be a winner, you're going to be a Mustang. I would definitely watch a remake with uh, of this with Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, this would be a he's a perfect stand-in. I run the football like nobody you've ever seen. <laughs> um. So a few things about this monologue. Uh, one, I think it's I. I just love where the. So the kid that asks, what's a gridiron coach, is by all accounts like a 12-year-old that is also at this facility uh, who has been made water boy. And then The Rock's answer to that is just to me beautiful when he goes into You're standing on the gridiron. <laughs> so grass? Yeah, he should have just left it there. Right. I wish he would have. Um, he says that uh, his approach is going to be three-pronged. He said that the first is they're going to live together. The second is they're going to do well in school. And third is football. Yeah. We really only address the first and third. We These kids never pick up a pencil. No, there's, you know, a lot of movies will feature an extended training or a studying scene where the whole team is bonding in the library. Again, I keep going back to Remember the Titans. It's a very similar concept. Just not done at quite as well. No. Well, nearly as well. And there is not a single moment in this movie uh, where we're led to believe that any kind of academic progress has been made. Uh, and honestly... The football progress that they do make, uh, we don't really see it happen. It just happens. Well, they do have a pretty great montage. Long montage. It's not like they didn't have time to include the schoolwork in the montage. Correct. Because it's about a nine-minute montage of them just practicing uh, and doing football drills uh, and drinking and, and getting like water breaks. Yeah, it's a lot of water breaks. It's a lot of jumping jacks. This team does a lot of jumping jack drills. Um, which, and again, I never played football, but I imagine... Have I told you that I played in eighth grade? And Charlie, I want to ask you, since you played football in eighth grade... Jumping jacks definitely help. Right. Gets you limber. If that's what you're going to ask, <laughs> the key to having a good football team are a bunch of guys that can do really fantastic jumping jacks. Mm, mm, that's that's what I figured. Um, and, you know, we I want to get to, you know, we get this montage... Uh, and it ultimately does lead to this first game of their season against the Barrington Panthers, which, again, we don't learn too much about the school. It's not like there's a, a storied rivalry or anything, but they seem Anonymous to be, evil is yeah, basically what they, they are. They just seem to movie. be terrible. Uh, well, you have number 55 on the other team, uh, who is a white person, calling the other team boy. And then at one point, in case you were wondering if he really was racist, he drops a hard R inward. Yeah, uh, out of nowhere. It's a very uh, uncomfortable, jarring moment. Uh, and that's also, a, there, that is a problem with this movie. I think that the tone flips back and forth constantly. Well, the first 10 minutes of this movie are, it's basically boys in the hood. Yes. You know. It's not an exact. It's running around South mm -hmm. Central LA. You have drive-by shootings. We see two deaths in the first six minutes of this movie it's a lot and it's you know it's gory it's actually startling like imagery of bullet holes some great squib work you know the little 
blood packets that they get to shoot out of their bodies. <laughs> it's a lot of great squibs. Um, but it's it's true, and this movie makes the you know they're asking us to make this connection that you know you you succeed on the football field, you can succeed in life, which is just an interesting thing after we've seen you know at least this this Willie uh, kid you know kill a person and have his best friend killed in literally the first ten minutes of this film. It's kind of a hard jump to make. Uh, but that's what this movie asks of us. Right. But then we're supposed to um, act like football is life or death when we, in the first 10 minutes, actually have seen life and death. Right. We already know how high the stakes can be. You know, this is this seems so removed from the actual. Right. Honestly, you could have just had this whole thing be about troubled youth and like not even have the whole thing of Willie killing anyone or seeing anyone get killed it could just be like his first day in the detention center because they treat in the first 20 25 minutes of this movie they treat willie as if he's going to be a main character and he sort of fades in and out throughout the rest of the movie especially the second half i really enjoyed the movie but there are some weird tonal shifts right and and on that you know we have willie has a girlfriend uh kind of that we again in this first half hour of the film you know, you think maybe this movie will be about them. You think we're going to learn more about Willie. We at one point when Willie when Willie shoots his abusive stepfather, he does it in front of his mother and also his younger brother, who is at most three or four years old. That's never brought back. There's never a moment of redemption with his family. It's not like no, we never see his family again, which is just to me a shocking decision, especially because his entire character is built on those scenes. Um, but there's a lot more to get to. Uh, and like you said, act two, a lot more slow motion football plays. Yeah. This get, movie is mostly practice montages and slow motion football. Again, not to say that it was not an entertaining film. No, because then you have the rock chewing the scenery with five minute monologues. Ugh. So, so let's get into act two. Uh, after starting Owen two, the Mustangs begin to win games as they learn to work with one another. Kelvin and Willie, they put aside their differences and they win a game by a single touchdown after Kelvin makes a big block, allowing Willie to run in the game winning score with surging momentum. The Mustangs are headed for the playoffs, getting more publicity and more fans with every single victory. At one of the last games before the end of the season, disaster strikes. One of Willie's former gang mates comes to a game and shoots Kelvin in the shoulder before he can fire off another shot. Willie tackles the gang member who then flees the scene and is ultimately brought down by police gunfire. The Kilpatrick Mustangs are met with heavy concern from the community and the football league about further gang violence at games. Despite Coach Porter's best efforts, it appears that the Mustangs will have to forfeit their playoff game. That is, until, at the very last second, the director of the detention center steps in and arranges for volunteers from neighboring police departments to patrol the fields uh, during the game and keep everyone safe. The Mustangs will play their playoff game, it's, and it ends up uh, appropriately as a rematch against the Barrington Panthers. So we, a lot happens here in that we proceed pretty much through the entire season in Act 2. Uh, we don't see a lot of it, but we are suddenly told, you know, after winning their last seven games. Well, they win their first game. They spend a lot of time on their first win. Right. And then they sort of show some highlights, just like a sizzle reel of different successful plays. And then somebody mentions, you all have won eight straight games. That's great. So that's how we basically jump from game three to game nine, I guess. 
I do want to know, I know we touched on the fact that none of these players seem to know what football is. There comes a moment, I believe in this, I think it's in that first victory, that we learn that the quarterback, I don't believe can throw or knows how to throw or... He said he's never thrown a pass. And this is during a game. So Dwayne Johnson's character calls a passing play. This is during the third game. So uh, we're led to believe that they haven't they've run the ball every single time. Uh, so he finally calls a passing play and this loud mouth quarterback guy, you know, he's got a lot of bravado. He, he keeps early on in the movie. He's very sure of himself and said, and said, and thinks that he's the best player on the team. But in the huddle, he confesses that he's never thrown. A, he's never thrown a football in a game. Ever. Okay. And that's crazy because it's I, am, I imagine uh, it's an irresponsible football coach. Yeah. Coach Porter. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to see some examples of him throwing the ball? Well, that's that's the other weird thing is that there was never an auditioning. Like, there's never no a tryouts, tryout yeah. moment where, you know, we're finding out what player is best for what position. There's never like, oh, like Willie, like he makes sense as a running back. And, and oh, here's the big lineman and this guy can throw. He's a quarterback. No. Uh, I think that at one point Coach Board just says, and you're the quarterback. Like, it just kind of gives him the role. Uh, but you're telling me that after three weeks of practices and two football games, He's never thrown the ball that never came up. It never came up whether or not your starting quarterback knows how to throw a football. When the wide receiver can't catch. Oh, yeah. That's this 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 one token white kid that was asked to be the wide receiver every time that the ball is thrown to him off the fingertips. I don't know. <laughs> Directly into the opposing teammates' hands. It's, it's always an interception. Right. In, this, if, in, in these games, if you get tackled or miss a ball, it's immediately a fumble or an interception. One of my favorite scenes in this entire movie is I guess it's actually in Act One when Exhibit and The Rock are going around to different football teams and asking if they can play them on their schedule. They go to this one Christian school who says, "Hey, we're a Christian school. We can't allow, you know, convicts to be on the field with our with our people, with our players." And Exhibit, for like the next three minutes, says, "I don't know much about the Bible, but I believe it goes a little something like this." And then like he quotes Bible scriptures word for word for like three minutes. And I'm telling you, I could watch three hours of it. It's brilliant. Um, and <laughs> it's honestly, the mo- it's the most work. It's like the longest line that he has in the entire movie. Oh, by far. I actually, I actually want to play just a, maybe a little section of that because there is no other exhibit dialogue to give you. And I want, I want the listeners to to have a sense of you know what he get did a little in this taste movie. of the exhibit. Mm. So listen up. We're a Christian school. We don't gamble. Look, I have to be honest with you. I don't think it's in the best interest of my kids to play you. Well, what about our players? Don't they deserve a chance to play? Well, frankly, no. They lost that chance when they broke the law. Well, maybe we shouldn't let them eat either. Sure, how about that? Sure. Mr. Torrance, let me ask you. You're a Christian, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not that familiar with the exact words, but didn't Jesus say something like, be merciful just as your father's merciful? Don't pass judgment, and you won't be judged. It's the book of Luke. Give, and it'll be given in good measure. For whatever measure you deal out to others, it'll be dealt to you in return. Mm-hmm. You're not too familiar with it, huh? So we need to talk a little bit about The Rock's coaching style. Some might call it tough love. And, and tough love would be the nicest possible way of, of putting it. He aggressively terrorizes 
these young people. Most of these kids, it seems like he's got a couple of favorites, the stars, but everyone else, he's like cursing at them, saying that they're losers. Honestly, it kind of does sound like we're describing Donald Trump. Yeah, it's no, it's brutal. I mean, I mean, it is locker room talk. It, it is. It is the literal locker room talk. Uh, and it's it is nutty in that, you know, we're asked to believe that, you know, he cares for the kids. And there's so many moments where The Rock is asked to to give a dramatic performance in this movie. And he nails it every time that he has to. And there's a lot of like one on one conversations with the kids where, you know, I'd like I believe in you and like this is your moment and don't be a loser. But as far as I can tell, every single time that football is involved, he is berating them. Just yeah, utterly it, berating them, throwing their helmets and stuff. Like it's He fluctuates from like one on one heart to hearts to verbal fist to face when he's like yelling at these kids. And and it culminates in a brilliant scene where we actually get to see uh Dwayne Johnson in a football uniform. He's gonna teach these kids how to play football by brutalizing them yeah. in a football drill. Basically, he says, You're all gonna get in a line and try to knock me down. And it goes about as well as you'd expect because these kids are like 16 and 17 years old going up against a 280, 300-pound WWE wrestler. Yeah, this is nothing like in The Longest Yard when, in the remake of The Longest Yard, when Adam Sandler uh, has to, on the basketball court, he has to like prove his his medal in order to have the guys come play with him. This is actually when Nelly joins the team. I forgot Nelly was in that movie. For all of those Longest Yards aficionados out there. Um but in that scene, like Adam Sandler kind of gets his butt handed to him a little bit. And it's kind of this, you know, proving his grit, proving his toughness. This scene couldn't be any different. This is just Dwayne Johnson uh, beating up children for eight minutes of movie time. I do like, A, that they had a uniform just lying around that is big enough to fit him. It seems like that was planned. Um, well, but when it- you spend $10,000 on an entire team jerseys, uh, without the approval i would i imagine he's probably he must have he had to have snuck that in there for himself well it's pretty funny because that was one of the questions that i had in the early stages of this movie is how are they going to pay for all this equipment like football uniforms and equipment that's all expensive It's it's an expensive sport to keep running and they have a very brief conversation about it after they get their uniforms delivered i guess the warden of the The detention detention center Mm -hmm. confronts dwayne johnson about this and the conversation lasts all about 10 seconds. He goes, hey, did you sign off on this $10,000 worth of equipment? He said, yeah, I did. He goes, well, you're not authorized to do that. And then Dwayne Johnson goes, sorry, I thought I was. Okay, well. That's it. And the guy, the, the warden just like walks away. He's like, hmm, huh, hmm. I guess, well, I guess that's, yeah, I guess. I guess he showed me. You know what? $10,000, that's fine. Well, that's because Dwayne Johnson's a real man. One of the... Cool things I do like about the scene where he puts on the football uniform is he's wearing the uh, number 94, which is a nod to that was his number when he played for the University of Miami. And, you know, that's now a running theme through a lot of Dwayne Johnson's movies are brief either cameos or images or callbacks to his football playing. Sometimes days. he's like watching the University of Miami on the on TV or something like that. Right. And so it's, it's kind of cool that you, it's really a true running thread uh, even in some of his earliest films that being said we have one more act to get through this is where everything uh kind of ties together in act three as the mustangs take on their arch rival the barrington panthers in their playoff game now despite their new confidence and their improved teamwork the mustangs go down into the half 
uh, down 14 to zero. In the locker room, Willie riles up his team with a motivational speech, reflecting on that original monologue that Coach Porter delivered uh, to the team in that first practice. The Mustangs enter the second half with a renewed sense of motivation, and after a couple of incredible plays from Willie, uh, Kevin, the wide receiver, and Junior, who we haven't talked about at all, um, but is just pretty much a gigantic human being. He's the one with the daughter. I believe we actually did touch on that. Uh, they are able to defeat Barrington on the very last play of the game. Finally, uh, there's a subsequent narration that sort of ends this film, uh, and we learn that the Mustangs made it to the championship game where they lost 17-14. But even still, the program was deemed a major success, and only a few short months later, Coach Porter's Mustangs are made an official part of the Kilpatrick Detention Center programming. During the credits, we end up learning the fates of a lot of these Mustang athletes. It's based on a true story. So Willie and Kelvin, they're both playing football for top programs in the country. Um, But of the entire team, only five players return to jail. So when you look at that 75% figure that they kind of drill into you from start to finish, looks like there was some major progress made. And the movie ends with Coach Porter speaking to the new group of Mustangs who are preparing to play for the next season. Let's get into our last thoughts and break down this final act and get a sense of what we thought about this movie. All right, so Charlie, break this down for me. How do you think about how this movie wrapped up and and how do you think it played into the movie as a whole? Well, in the third act, um, one of the questions I had is The Rock is doing voiceovers and we cover like where are they nows of these fictional characters. A lot of them are fictional. Some of them are based on real people from this documentary from this actual program that's run in California, or that used to be run in California. But The Rock is doing voiceover work. How does that fit into the narrative of this story? Yeah, it's an, it's an, a very unclear decision. As you mentioned, it's weird, you know, someone like Willie, who is the, for all intents and purposes, the main character outside of Dwayne Johnson, we don't see him in the, like, where are they now? They do flash a line of text saying, Play, Willie plays football for one of the top programs in the country. But... They end up playing some footage of the documentary. There, I don't think that there is a real Willie, or I imagine we would have seen him in this footage. I mean, he was the main student, the main kid in this entire film. Uh, so this movie, there are a lot of weird question marks that are kind of left unanswered. I mean, does this movie surprise you in any way that they find success, this ragtag crew finds success on the football field? Not really. They're not blazing any new trails here, but... It's pretty effective as just a home movie, I thought. I agree. And the, the music is is rousing and dramatic. It's a lot of orchestra. It is at first, but they use it too often. They use it during practices. They use it during every single play that they show. This whole movie is like underscored by like this orchestral, swelling, prideful music. But, and, but would it have been better without it? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know where this movie... It got a little old. Yeah, if you ask me, certainly. it got old. But in this movie, like, that's... Like, this movie's aesthetic is that. Plus lens flare and slow motion. It wants to be viewed as this inspirational, dramatic, heartwarming film. Like, it, it, it wants to really pull at the heartstrings and make you cry. It doesn't really ever succeed on that, uh, you know... You can kind of see everything coming from a mile away. But we, we do get fun. the first Dwayne Johnson tier, I believe. Do we want to play this clip of, of he and Willie having a heart to heart? Absolutely.
don't know what's happening to me, man. I do. You're not the loser you were when you first got here, Willie. You're just not used to being a winner. My father said I was a waste of his time and his money. Your father was a loser, Willie. My old man was the same way. He spent so much time telling me I was no good, telling me I was nothing. I believed him. And why are you so pissed off all the time? <laughs> yeah. It's probably got something to do with it. I know how you feel, Willie. You get to the point where you expect to screw up. You expect to fail. If we want to win, we got to let him go. Forgive him and move on. Forgive him? Forgive him. Otherwise, we give him too much power over us. And they don't deserve it. Well, how long do it take you to forgive your dad? just now so that is basically uh the extent of the rock's emotional depth in this film which kind of teeters on the on the edge between you know really aggressive and passionate and then bring it back into like but you can do better and, and you're gonna change and you're gonna be a winner it's interesting it's like generic inspirational uh mm. stuff yeah this is the hallmark of of motivational phrases it's just everything everything in here could be found on a uh a greeting card it's really <laughs> sure yeah I, I think the rock's character is not a very complex one he doesn't have a whole lot of layers and they try to establish some of those you know something we didn't really talk about much but they briefly addresses when the rock isn't coaching football or at the correctional facility he's in the hospital with his dying mom who is played by a woman who is clearly not related to him at all. It's it, it couldn't be farther she away from each other. She is African American and he is certainly not African American. No. Um and and this entire plot line like they're really trying to establish the rock's motivations and where he kind of gets his ethos. They don't spend the time to get there. They're so quickly done and and also it's not like we know we don't learn anything about his mom until it's already she's just a dying woman in the hospital. We don't I don't know anything about how they were raised. There's no callbacks to like his childhood home or pictures of them together. There's, it's really kind of phoned in this whole other plot line. And in this scene that we just listened to with Willie, I mean, they both talk about how they had absent dads. It's pretty unclear with uh, Dwayne Johnson. He just said that his dad used to call him a loser and he wouldn't amount to anything, which funny enough, uh, very much echoes what he tells these kids on the football field. Over and over and over and over again. So it, it seems funny that he got on his high horse about that in that moment. But you know what? As 
as a standalone scene. It works for me, I think. We talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, but I do think that this is the first time he really took a big swing at a dramatic role. I absolutely agree. And when you look at the films that come out afterward, including the game plan uh, and and get smart to an extent, which is is not quite the same level, but I think that the game plan, uh, he was absolutely asked to to give uh, an emotional performance. Does it succeed at all times? Uh, I know that we don't really agree on that, but he definitely is giving you know a deeper performance than what we've seen in like the Scorpion King, for example. I mean, it's it's a real uh, dramatic emotional portrayal. But if you go into this movie with without high expectations, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. I don't... Yeah, it's definitely not a waste of time, for sure. It's also an advertisement for Under Armour. Yes, Under Armour is in every single scene. Every uniform, every team that they play, their uniforms are done by Under Armour. At one point um, in during the playoff game, the opposing team's quarterback, his last name is Plank, as in Kevin Plank, the founder of Under Armour. Oh, I didn't even guess that. That's yeah. great. That is great. That's a small nod. Charlie, though, as we're wrapping this up, I want to know if you had to give this movie a rating, as we as we tend to do, how many touchdowns does this score for you? This one's tough for me. The parts that I liked, I actually really enjoyed. And out of the movies that we've done, I would say it's more consistent than a lot of them. A lot of them I either overall just love or over the entire course of the movie, I just it's a tough watch. This one, you know, I did find myself sort of looking at my phone every once in a while, especially during the second half of the movie, during all the slow motion football scenes. But I, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a seven point, you know, I'm going to give it seven touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. A touchdown is worth seven points. I'm giving this one a seven. And that Charlie knows that because he played football did, in eighth grade. So this is the first time I've ever revealed this on this podcast. Right, right. I played eighth grade football. <laughs> um, I am going to absolutely agree with you here. I too would give this seven touchdowns. It's Where would a, this rank for you among the movies that we've done? This is is honestly fairly high. I'm gonna. I would probably put this as fourth. This is probably my fourth favorite right. movie that we've done. I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. It. The Rock gives a strong performance. It's a very obvious and expected performance every single step of the way. There's no surprises. There's no incredible stunt work or anything. Besides the fact that they didn't win the championship. In the last voiceover, they just gloss over the fact that they didn't even win the championship. Right. So they guess what? They are losers. They just beat the racist right? team. Right. Which, yeah. Again, I wish we knew more about that team. Like, the, this movie is just not a Remember the Titans level football movie. Although it tackles so many of the same themes and attempts to tell so many of the same stories, it's just not. It's just not the same thing. Um, but that being said, it's fun, and The Rock gives a great performance uh, with with not a lot to work with. So I, I agree. Seven touchdowns. And with that, it's time to wrap things up for our Franchise Viagra test. Franchise Viagra. <laughs> so the Franchise Viagra test, as always, is three-pronged, just like The Rock's there you go. On the field plan. Well it's three-pronged. So first off, we have hard work. Then we have charisma and physique. Hard work. Is The Rock trying in this movie? I really, I think so. This is still early in his career where he felt like he had to, every time out there, prove himself to make people take him seriously as an actor. And I think he about pops a vein in some of these scenes yelling at these kids, you know, and he has the scene where he just throws kids around and basically 
WWE body slams in. Awesome. So I, I think he's trying there. So uh, he passes on that first tenet of the franchise Viagra test. Next is Charisma. He gives off a very Coach Taylor and Friday Night Lights vibe, but not as good. When we think of current day rock charisma, this is not it. But there is a sort of charisma there. He's likable. I'd say he's mostly likable. So I, I'm going to say he passes, but not really in the way that more modern Dwayne Johnson movies. Right. It's a different It's a different era of Dwayne Johnson. Agreed. And next up, we have Physique. And uh, this movie uh, is one of the first movies that we've seen outside maybe Moana in which this dude isn't constantly shirtless, sweaty. Well, I mean, he's sweaty, but it's like, that's not what this... Clearly, that's not what this movie's about. That's just Dwayne Johnson sweating. Even when he's in the pool, he gets pushed into the pool in one scene. He's wearing a shirt. Fully clothed. Fully clothed. Well, that was the joke as he got pulled by the football Big place. bummer for all of us, am I right? But yeah, so he's not showing off the bod. So as much as I hate to admit it, he does not pass that. But with a score of two out of three, he passes the franchise Viagra test. Would you watch a sequel of this with uh, with a new team? I would absolutely watch a sequel, and I agree that this passes the franchise Viagra test. I think with better writing and a stronger supporting cast, The Rock could be a great centerpiece of a football inspirational movie. I think that he's actually the perfect actor for it. I think that it's well, you this know, this was though? right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, but and it's it's harder to imagine now. I don't know if he could pull it off quite the same now because he is so freakishly large at this point and. The way that he acts is different. It's a, He has a different style. But the way that he, he portrays this coach is that is a beautiful blend of inspirational and tough love and believe in yourself that it's corny, but that's why we love these kinds of movies. So, it's, it's funny because during the credits, we see actual footage from the actual coach. And even though The Rock doesn't look anything like him, this dude has a mullet and a mustache. Their speaking mannerisms are very similar. And this guy did seem to be pretty brash pretty blunt um and they even took some of the lines from the movie directly from the documentary I, I really do think he did a pretty good job of portraying a character which is something we don't get from rock movies very often this one i actually felt like he was playing a character Agreed. which is nice this it's is nice. this is an, a, a, an acting feat uh in the dwayne johnson anthology of films in in every in almost every other movie the big success is that he's playing off of his own star power and charisma and it's it's almost tongue in cheek that we're watching Dwayne Johnson. In this, he is very much coach. He is incredibly what is it, Coach Porter? Yeah, he's he's he is Coach Porter. Uh make no mistake. It doesn't feel like I'm watching Dwayne Johnson as the coach of these kids. I literally I do feel like I'm watching an actual you know, well acted piece of film so i'm very impressed uh, by his performance in this movie and that just about does it for us at rock talk thank you for listening uh this has been a lot of fun go watch this movie yes i would definitely recommend it it's i think like 2.99 on amazon i don't think you can watch it on netflix but I, you know it's worth it if you're sitting around on a saturday afternoon with nothing to do and you're getting the hankering for some football because preseason nfl football mm. is just now starting up uh, you can flip this on, and it's not going to be a Remember the Titans. It's not going to be, I know this is basketball, but Coach Carter. It's it's not at that level, but it's like definitely a very solid movie. Yeah, it's charming in its own way. Check it out. And please continue to join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's at Rock Talk Pod for all of them. So please, you know, send us your thoughts. Send us, you know, pictures of you and Dwayne Johnson. And tell know. your friends. If you have friends that love the rock as much as you do then tell them about this podcast because we are the only ones 
doing the Lord's work of devoting hours and hours of our lives Truly. every week to researching, watching, and podcasting about The Rock. Yeah, we do it for you, folks. So throw us a bone. And remember, the best and most important way you can support the show is leaving us a review on iTunes. So please check us out. Leave us a review if you like the show. Uh, we really appreciate your support. And until next time, this is Rock Talk.